is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Sometimes, I don't know about you, but God asks you to do things and you're thinking, am I really up for that? Am I, am I really good enough for that? Uh, am I able? I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't feel good enough. And the reality is, I never was. <laughs> it's except for God, isn't it? With God, all things are possible. You know, I can do through all things through he who strengthens me. And sometimes that is really, really hard. Isn't it? Sometimes you face things in your lives, my life, your life, that are absolutely life-changing, awful, challenging forever. You're thinking, goodness me, what's this all about? Where are you, Lord? And it's just at those sorts of times uh, I know that people will come to the front and say something really godly and I'll go, yeah, but you don't know what I'm going through or what challenges I'm facing, etc. But that doesn't mean that the Word of God is less active, less powerful. Uh, we're saying, God, you're enough. You know, Jehovah Jireh, God, you're enough. What do you mean enough? He's in all things. He holds all things together. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. Uh, he's our ever-present help in times of need. Well, those can seem like empty words, can't they? If you're not knowing the presence of God in what you're going through or feeling it's really challenging. Um, I was, when I was writing my notes, etc., I, I had some really lovely times with God, really felt it. God's presence in the midst of it. So um, I, I was prof prophesying a couple of weeks ago and, and Graham said, you need to preach <laughs> that. So uh, we're picking up something that God was uh, talking to us about a couple of Sundays ago. Um, and it's, it's titled Servant-Hearted People. And I am so blessed to be amongst servant-hearted people. And many of you, many of you, many of you serve in so many ways. It's wonderful, wonderful. So one, I want you to be encouraged, but on the back of being encouraged, <laughs> God also wants to perhaps, what I would call, nudge you. All right? He certainly nudged me, so I think it's only fair that actually <laughs> he nudged is you. Okay, so that's part of where we are. Uh, and I do apologise. If you're online and I'm wandering around and I go off camera, etc., it's just part of who I am. I'm all right. Okay. The, the tech team are saying it's fine. They've zoomed out. I've probably got the whole platform. So it's fine. Super. That's really good. Okay. Um, so here we are this morning, and we've been worshipping God in spirit and in truth, haven't we? We've been actually declaring the word of God, which is truth, and the spirit of God that is in us if we are born-again Christians. And if you're online and you're not born again, then my prayer earlier that God would make himself real to you, he makes himself real to you by his Holy Spirit. In fact, the Father sent the Son, who is a living word of God, there in itself is a preach, isn't it? Or a, or, a, or a teaching series, just to talk about the Son of God, the living Word, came amongst us, 
to take away all of our sins. Uh, one of the pictures I had this morning when I was praying, etc., was uh, a set of scales. And here's a set of scales. And, uh, and you, you could go hands free. There we go. So there's my set of scales. And on the one side, we've got bars of gold. Wonderful. And on the other side, I've got a basket full of feathers. Which one do you think is the heaviest? The gold. The gold. Well, it depends how big the basket is. I could have a ton of feathers over that side. And I could have a couple of kilos of gold over this side. Now which one's the heaviest? The feathers. Now you actually have a scale to relate to. Now when Jesus or God comes into our equation, haha, uh, and uh, you have a look at my sin, which was the heavyweight gold stuff, or actually a lot of dross really, and on the other side Jesus comes in, to be honest with you, the, tails, the scales just tip in his favor all the time, always, everywhere, in every circumstance. One of the things, that when, I was, when I was prepping this, I, I really felt to start off by saying, you know, we, we've, we've known the presence of God. Many of you uh, who have been to meetings where, I don't know, people, people fall over because of the presence of God. They, they get so filled, uh, and they get what we used to call slain in the spirit. Nobody dies. They just, they just get touched so much by God, so full that they can't cope with it. They fall to the knees, actually fall over. Sometimes we've been in scenarios where actually there's a river flow. It feels like there's a river flowing through and everybody gets caught up in the joy of the Lord and in laughter and so forth. There's such a presence of God. Uh, I've been in prayer meetings where we were all sitting around a table and actually... Uh, a couple of minutes later, we're all sitting on the floor because the presence of God was in the room. And I, I just want to say to you that God hasn't changed. He's here. He's now. He's wanting to touch us this morning. You don't have to be in the room because he's there with you. Right? He never leaves you nor forsakes you. So he's there with you. No matter where you are, there with you now. And I just wanted to stop for a moment and allow God to fill us afresh. It's one of those prayers, isn't it? Lord, come and fill us. We so need you, Holy Spirit. You are our teacher. You are the one that convicts us. You are the one who empowers us. You are the one who gives us visions and dreams. You are the one who heals our relationships with you and with one another. You are the one that gives us love for one another. Holy Spirit, come and fill us. And I really want you to come and fill. Whoever, just be in an attitude, oh yeah, fill me. Jesus, fill me with your Holy Spirit this morning. Come and fill us. Come and fill us. Oh, just receive God's filling. There's that wonderful word about being filled and continually filled and forever filled. We just, we just need more and more of God every single day. And that's the thing that makes the difference, you know. That's the, one of the things that, you know, when people turn around, it's not for me, you don't know what I've got then. For those people who say it's not for me, they don't know what I've got. If they knew my Savior and my Redeemer and my King and my Beloved as I know him, they wouldn't say, it's not for me. Is it free? <laughs> Is what they should say. And the answer is yes, be filled this morning. Now, uh, it was great uh, that uh, we're talking about reaching out and serving those here in Derby. It's great. 
really wonderful. I'm really excited about it, really. There's a bit of an evangelist in me. Go on the streets with uh, treasure hunting and all that sort of thing. It's exciting. Oh, and uh, some friends were over from the States. And they were visitors. They were talking about a different level of treasure hunting, Graham. <laughs> Goodness me. And uh, so treasure hunter is where you receive some words of God. And you go on the streets and you find the person that, that actually, they, and they, they, you know, God will tell you they're wearing a brown coat or et cetera, or something like that. And you walk up to them and say, I was praying this morning and God said that uh, he wanted to heal you or he wants to encourage you about your, your marriage challenge or whatever it is. And that blown away. So that's a little bit of treasure hunting, how you meet people where they are. And what we're talking about, stepping out in faith to go and clean someone's garden, is a little less risky. Got to say, a little bit less risky. But one of the things for me in the midst of this, when I was praying, it wasn't about going outside, I've got to say, about servant-heartedness. So that is great, and we want to do it. And out of this, hopefully, this, this, this word, there'll be something of... Um, of the heart that God's got for us serving in every area. So I want to bring it back to a little bit more closer to home about how we need to be equipped. The reason I asked the Holy Spirit to fill you this morning is because whenever I'm doing anything, what I need is the Holy Spirit in me to equip me, empower me, to be able to do things that I find challenging. It's my starting point for preaching. Am I ever any good enough? And I don't, when a person comes up to preach, teach, bring a prophetic word, I don't know about everybody else, but most of us feel inadequate. Why would God use me? But he delights to. It's not because I'm good or better or anything like that. So that's why I was asking us to be filled, because actually I think we need to be equipped to serve just like our servant king. Who is the servant? It's Jesus. Who is the servant king? It's Jesus. Who empowers us to serve? It's Jesus through his spirit. Why? Because that's where he, and how he taught us. I was so blessed with David's word last week. I thought, thanks, David. <laughs> really set me up. Certain things were resonating through for me about what I was prepping. It was just super. So thank you, David. Just great. So we're going to turn to John chapter 13, starting at verse 4. So if you've got a Bible, that's great. And it's all about the servant-hearted nature of Jesus. It was just, uh, this is part of what Jesus wants for us. So if you are a disciple of Jesus, that means you follow him and you, you actually are trying to imitate what God does. If you do what God does, you know, there's a blessing. Anybody want a blessing? Anybody? Fancy just a little bit? Just a little bit? Sorry, God's extravagant. He's giving you great blessings. That's the lovely thing. When you ask for a blessing, Lord, will you bless me? That's the wrong. How much will you bless me? Not will. How much? Just receive. He's got so much for us. So here we are, John, chapter 13, starting at verse 4. I'm going to do 4 and 5, and then I'm going to jump to verse 12 to 17. So he got up, this is Jesus, he got up and took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around them. All right? Now, this is the King of kings, Lords of lords, the majesty in heaven, the one who sustains all things, put a towel around his waist, poured a basin of water, got down on his knees, and washed the disciples' feet. Now, they were dirty 
feet. These are people who wore sandals, and if you've ever heard a preach on this before, uh, you know, open sewers were a common thing in that day. All right? You walk down the street, and that's where the sewer was. All right? So what, when, you, when you're coming in, there was a whole thing about anointing with oil, washing feet, and all that sort of thing. And here's Jesus on his knees, washing feet. Now, you all know the story about Peter, the bit in between, where Peter says, no, not me, Lord. Well, I've skipped over that, because actually, I'm looking at Jesus serving. That's what I'm looking at. I'm thinking, this is the king of kings, washing filthy feet. And just so you know, this morning, my granddaughter brought her little shih tzu with her. Saying that correctly, I'm sure. And uh, there's this little dog. It's four months old, lovely little puppy. Been out in the garden, been out in the garden. Not used to having gardens. They've got a uh, terrace, uh, and, uh, but it's out in the garden. Done a lot of digging. Came in, filthy feet, all over the floor. Tomped my tiled floor this morning till I could catch this little dog. And uh, then I had to wash his feet on my knees. And I thought, how fitting, Lord, how fitting that here I am washing a dog's feet on my knees the morning before. Now, I, I, I didn't even know Stormy, which is the dog's name, was coming this weekend. So there's no way I was planning this, but I was on my knees washing, washing feet of a dog. And I thought, how interesting that these things just come to well and it's just part of being a servant it goes on verse 12 to 17 when he had finished washing his, their feet he put on his clothes and returned to his place do you understand what i've done for you you call me teacher and lord and rightly so for that is what i am now that i your lord and teacher have washed your feet you also wash one another's feet I have set you an example that you should do as I have done. Very truly, I tell you, no one, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Here's Jesus. He's, he's a, we call him the servant king because he's called us to be servants and we are just servants of the king. How do we serve this amazing Lord, our God? We call him a servant king because he came to serve. You can't be until you do. I want to clarify being before you do. Okay? You can't be called Lord. You can't be a leader until you're leading. You can't be a servant king unless you serve. You, you, you can't be a chef unless you've cooked something. You can't be a pilot unless you've flown planes. If you're truly a disciple of Jesus, then you must serve. If I'm a disciple, if I'm a follower, then Jesus is telling me that's what I've got to be doing. Now, how did Jesus come to serve? I started making a list, then I ran out of time. I thought, no, I've got to keep this short. He cleaned feet. He cleaned lepers. He, he, he brought in all the outcasts. He served sinners. He fed the poor. He cleans up everybody's mess, really, doesn't he? Everybody's mess. If you've got mess this morning, he cleans it up, all right, if we let him. All right. It's a little bit like that puppy. If I hadn't really got down there, he would have just carried on messing up. 
So when we're having a look at it, he cleans up every mess. Whether it be a prostitute, a thief, a murderer, you know, how much does he serve? Well, he served us all the way naked to the cross and death. Right? That's how far he went in his service. How do I serve the king? And what are the consequences to be a servant? So I've got a nice little piece of James 2, starting at verse 14. Um, and what actually is serving? And in James 2, it talks about uh, faith without deeds. So could, uh, at home, if you're here, could you put your hand up if you believe that Jesus is your Lord? And you can do it as well here, if you like. That's great. Okay, he is our Lord. And you have faith in him? You have faith? Faith, right, okay. So uh, what is it good, my brothers and sisters, says James 2, verse 14, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Hmm. Now, you can't be saved by deeds. Right? Stop it on purpose. You can't be saved by deeds. Right? But what good is faith without deeds? Can such faith save them? Oh, I'm saved by faith then. Yes, you're saved by faith. That not of your own came free from God. But, says here, suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical need, what good is it? It is the same way. Faith by itself is not accompanied by actions, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. You believe that there is one God. Good, even the demons believe that and shudder. Verse 20, you foolish person, do you, not, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. Where do I serve was the word I put underneath there. Now, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm going to turn around and put my back to you for a moment on purpose. Bear with me. At one time, I had my back to God, like I've got my back to you. And when I became a Christian, one of the things that I was supposed to do was repent and turn away and walk in a new direction with God. And the idea was to walk in a new direction with God, being a disciple, being faithful, etc. Not that the old ways had any power over me. So when I look at serving, where can I serve? Well, there is a priority. In Scripture, there's a priority. One, I've got to serve God. Serve God with this body, with this mind, and with this spirit. Now, how do I do that? Well, my first place is actually another covenant that I've got, which is with my wife. I need to serve Anne. Now, she's not here this morning because she's serving. Hi, you're online. That's great. So here's... <laughs> and I can talk about you because you're not here. So, uh, and I, I've got to say, when I look at Anne, uh, one of the, you know, if you wanted to see a servant person, she should be here preaching this. Because the way she serves is just... Blows me, you blow me away. It's just amazing how faithfully we need to serve one another. 
Because if that's a covenant relationship, that's where service is. Starting place, serving one another. Then if I've got children, and I've been blessed with children, serving my children. And actually, I'm called to provide for them, so another place I need to serve is at work. So once I've got some of those sorted out, and there is a bit of a hierarchy, you know, I can't be serving in church if I'm not looking after my wife. There is a hierarchy of accountability before God in service. But then there is serving the body of Christ, which is the church. And I'm asking the question, where am I serving? If I was to ask you who your um, heroes in the faith are, I wonder who they would be. All right? So any, any uh, you think, good, this me. Yeah, this person was, was oh, this, this person's a hero in my faith. You know? uh, I wonder who it be. Anybody got a name that you think, oh, so-and-so? So, Joseph. Oh, wonderful Joseph. Are we talking about the husband? Joseph. No? Different Joseph. Which Joseph? Oh, in Genesis. Oh, fantastic. Like it? I like it. Anybody else got another one? None. No. Oh, great. Love it. Now, these are great human beings, people in God. And you could have picked anybody you like, really. It could have been, a, you know, it could have been Spurgeon, it could have been Smith Wigglesworth, it could be, oh, there's a plethora of people who are quite famous, written lots of books, we might know them, etc. Might have even written some of the amazing songs that we've sung this morning, etc. But the reality for us, who's famous and why are they famous? What did they do? What did they do that made you think they were worthy of fame? Because most people I know that actually know Christ, um, he's the one really worthy of fame. If, if you were really famous uh, and you were a great preacher, etc., what's the key thing? Excellent. Yeah. So um, I know my time's running out now. It's fine. So <laughs> the next shift are coming on. It's okay. So, and one of the things I would say to you is a lot of the great preachers, if we were turning around and saying, oh, you're my favorite, whether it doesn't matter who it was, they would be standing here saying, no, 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 don't point at me. It should always be pointing at Christ. He's the, he's the one we want to glorify. He's the one. All right? Now, I don't know about you, but I, I, I get to a place where I want to get to a place where my service, when I come before God, he can look at me uh, with a smile with a smile, come into your inheritance, my good and faithful servant. It's one of those great sayings. Wouldn't that be lovely? Rather than someone uh, that gets in as if one just about through the flames. Why do I say that? 1 Corinthians 3, for no one can claim a foundation other than the one laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on a foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, their work will be shown for what it is. Because on the day where the light comes, it will be revealed by fire. And by fire, our works will be tested. The quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. Thank you, Lord. And if it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved even though as if escaping through the flames. 
Now, this is where deeds, what? Service. Oh, my goodness. It's not by deeds that get you in. You get in by faith, even if it's fame. It doesn't matter whether you do nothing or, yeah, or something. It doesn't in one regard. But if you want to be close to Jesus, the closest place to be with Jesus is actually in service. When it talks here about building with gold and silver, it's not talking about gold and silver. You don't need gold rings. You don't need money in your pocket. It's talking about heart attitude. What are you building with? Are you building with love? Are you building with compassion? Are you building out of the joy of the Lord? Why do I want to serve you? Because Christ has given me love for you. And I want to serve you. In the same way we serve our children, the same way we serve our loved ones, the same way I serve my grandchildren. Why? Because I have to. No. Those are the things that will get burned up. Because it's such a joy. It's such a blessing. It's such a heartwarming. Because when you're serving out of love, it's an outpouring of that love that is generous and gracious and overwhelming. And you can tell that it's godly. Why? Because that's how he blesses us. That's how he blesses us. Now, I've come to a point where it's nearly time to actually stop. And before I stop, the idea of us waiting on the Lord earlier to be filled with the Holy Spirit was for purpose. And I believe that actually there's a time for a wait now because I think God wants to speak to us. There's lots of areas in church that you could serve. There's lots of areas in church that need servants. Why? Because there are quite a lot of people doing loads and they don't get any time off because they're doing so much. And some of us, you know, it's, it's not a, it, the nudge isn't necessarily because you're doing nothing because <laughs> I don't know that many people in church are doing nothing <laughs> to serve the body. But I believe God wants to give us a nudge. So I'm going to wait for a little while now, while you all close your eyes, and at home, doesn't matter, you can serve whether you're online, you can serve whether you're here face to face, you can serve life groups, you can serve with encouragement and in help, so God can use you wherever you are. So we're going to wait in silence for a moment. Except for babies, you don't have to be silent. Come, Lord. Speak to us afresh. Great. Now, some of you, I want you to know, when I was doing this bit, sitting at my computer during the week, I had this Cheshire Cat grin, and I feel, felt filled with the joy of the Lord. 
And I want you to know that some of you, that actually you're doing so much in the church that God is just smiling at you. His, his whole heart is overflowing with joy at your service to the king. Overflowing with joy. So I want you to know that when you were seeking the Lord there, there was also part of me that was just warm and happy for you because you're doing so much already. And God wants you to know that his love for you and his joy over your service is wonderful. And uh, no matter what you do, however you're serving, God is joyful over you and smiling. But some of us during that period will have got a nudge. It's what I call a God nudge, right? And he will have spoken to you. And uh, after Lucy's coming up here, because Lucy's coming up, I think. Yeah, Lucy's coming up because the youth are going to serve us, right? We're going to finish with the youth serving us. But at the end of the service, the idea on my notes is that if God gave you a nudge before you leave here today, you should tell someone what that nudge was. And it's a way of committing to it. Okay, don't go away without telling someone what God nudged you. Lucy, over to you to uh, tell us what's going to happen next. <laughs> it's fine. I brought my gang up with me. Can we give them a round of applause, please? Because they don't want to come. Come on. I want to tell you something about these young people. These young people are amazing. They are full of potential. They are the next leaders in this church. So, um, yeah, just if you see them later, please encourage them because it's taken them a lot to come up here. Um, so we have been looking at identity in Rooted over the last few weeks. And I knew that Paul was going to be talking about serving. So we want to serve you today. We have prepared lots of sweets with you are statements on. We've been looking at I am statements. So I am a child of God. But this says you are a child of God. So as you leave here today, we'd like you to take one of these. It is COVID secure. It's wrapped. You can quarantine it for three days if you like. <laughs> We've washed our hands lots. <laughs> um, so take one of these and just ponder on that statement. What is God saying to you through our amazing young people? They're just going to read out some of the statements that have resonated with them today. You are strong. You are not alone. You are beautiful in God's eyes. You are amazing. You are washed whiter than snow. Isn't it amazing that our young people know these truths from this age, that they will grow up as teenagers knowing the truth of God over their lives. So should we give them a clap as they go and stand by the door and wait to serve you? Yeah, so do give them a little word of encouragement if you see them. That'd be great. Super. Thank you. Thank you so much. God's smiling on you all. Every one of them. Bring the little children unto me. Doesn't he say it? Breaks there. Oh, something that softens God, softens our hearts, just shows that we've got something going there. So don't leave without telling someone what you're going to do. Or, or you might also want to go and tell someone that they're a bit of a hero in your eyes, the way they serve in church. Encourage people, including the youngsters. So let's stop there. We're going to pray. Am I going to pray and finish? Okay. So Father God, we thank you that today we've been talking about you. We've talked about your son, who is the king of kings, lord of lords, but the servant king. Lord, we want to be servants of the King, which means doing what Jesus did. 
So we need your power to do that. We need your strength to do that. We need your commitment to do that. We need to be determined to follow you. It's the only way that we can be a light to those around us. I'm still going back to the prayer earlier. I know my family and other people that need to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. The only way it happens is if they see Christ in me and Christ in you. So Father, come, convict us, help us to be determined and committed to you, to walk your ways in servant-heartedness, in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you all. Sunday morning.